Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Today on the podcast, I talk to Tamino Imbu. Tamino works as a community organizer with Compassionate Action for Animals based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's passionate about building a community of health and wellness while having fun along the way. Tamino is an advocate for social justice, fatherhood, and living a plant-based lifestyle. He spent the past decade supporting people committed to live a sober lifestyle and make healthy relationships. This conversation was really inspiring and enlightening for me, and I'm really excited for you to hear it. Here we go. So again, thank you very much for joining me. I'm really excited to connect with you. Appreciate you having me. So the podcast is called Consciously Clueless. And I came up with that name because I realized that I was kind of on this journey of realizing things, learning things, becoming more conscious about myself as a human in the world, but then also having those moments where you're like, "Mm, I'm clueless. I don't really know that much. And like everything in between. So I like starting with the question of how are you feeling right now in this moment? If that was a spectrum from conscious to clueless. Mm. I'm, I'm feeling conscious. Yeah. 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 As far as today, right now at this moment. Yes. I'm definitely conscious. I'm not clueless. I know definitely we all have those days and we have to embrace those days that that's the yin and yang of life. Mm. um, You can't have one without the other and, um, and, and embrace that, you know, sometimes you will have that clueless feeling of what are you doing? What are you not doing? What could you be doing? And I always say, you know, think about, sometimes don't think about anything, actually. Don't think about Mm. anything, get out of your head, do something that you like. Um, and, um, and and find yourself in there and and know that you can you will come back to that other conscious side of you. Um, you know, I dealt with a lot of work with people in trauma. Life coaching mm-hmm. is kind of one of my basis foundation, and so um, I think we all go through transformation. Um, some of us need to have the transformation be a more permanent place, but in a in a just day to day thing, I think we go through transformations daily, right? Just yes. in understanding how we're feeling and acknowledging that and being able to identify it. So, um, but yeah, I, I went on and on, but yeah, really, I'm feeling conscious today. I feel good. The weather is is a good factor for me a lot of times getting up and and feeling good about my gut feeling good about what i you know put in my body the day before i put in my body in the morning you know and how my uh and how i know that affects my my day so you caught me on a really good day that's a good question good i i really love that you talked about kind of embracing the clueless days, because that has been a really important practice for me to not let those off moments or off days spiral me into more off moments and off days. Uh Because that's easy to do when you get caught up in, I can't believe I'm having this moment. 
I'm yeah. really glad you said that. Yeah, or I can't believe that I'm not where I want to be or what I want to yeah. be or how I want to be. And it's like, it's too easy to spiral. It's too easy to stew. It's too easy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need to do that because you, right. you need to be there so you can crawl out of that and and um and know that you can do that you know that's what always gives it hope and having you know good strong foundation of people support systems people that's going to give it to you raw I'll tell you how it is a lot of people don't want to hear me because i'm gonna tell you <laughs> i'm gonna tell you and i don't and i don't give advice you know <laughs> so you know i'm just gonna tell you what I see, what it is. And I, and I appreciate it when people do it to me. Right. And that's why I love it. Uh, tell me so that um, I can internalize it and try to do better and be better. Oh, I love that. That's a beautiful way to walk through life. Yeah, it can be on those good days. <laughs> <laughs> yang and yang of life, man. Nobody knows what it is. I think everybody has that. And some people just find other ways to push it away. Mm -hmm. and uh not deal with it or suppress it so we all we all deal with it conscious or clueless yes where so where are you at today conscious or clueless Ooh, you turning it back on me yeah, absolutely i feel like Today has been a roller coaster through both moment to moment, mm. which is not always my norm, but I got up and I did a shaking meditation to start my day and move my body and nourished my body with some good food. And then I had a few work things just go completely haywire. And I felt like I dipped again. But actually knowing that I was doing this podcast interview and setting this up, this is like my heart space. This is my heart work. And so mm -hmm. having that to think about and being excited about that brought me back. Good. Good. Thank you for asking. No problem. No problem. So I originally got connected with you through Laura at um, Compassionate Action for Animals. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me a little bit more about your work with them? Absolutely. You know, my work with them has, uh, well, is really grounded in outreach and bringing more awareness to uh, plant-based lifestyle, um, the harsh conditions and brutal conditions of farm factory animals. Mm -hmm. um, and really informing, educating, and you know, allowing people to find that that space um, mm -hmm. that allows them to understand themselves too. You know, as a man, um, African American, uh, African descent, mm -hmm. um, truly proud of my Af African ancestry roots, as well as my American uh, black. Um, roots mm -hmm. I've seen so much go on in our community with our you know I choose those words slightly closely to that you know our choices and our our, our 
eating habits. Mm-hmm. Because when it really boils down to it, how much of a choice have you had? Have right. you had when your your cho- your limit? I mean, your your choices are limited. Mm-hmm. You know, you deal with this or you deal with this. It's the lesser of the, you know the lesser of the evils, almost. <laughs> you know. Yeah, totally. And and so, you know, my work has been great, actually. You know, coming to this organization and working with them um, on outreach from the jump has been um, screenings, movie screenings, which so when you're able to not preach to somebody, but allow them to watch something from someone else's words or perspective and watch it together and then have a conversation. One of the first when I first came on, even one of the first um, films that we screened and had some young people and things was The Invisible Vegan, which I had never heard of, mm-hmm. Jasmine LeVay. I interviewed her on the podcast uh, last year. Oh, wonderful. She's amazing. Yes, yes. She is, uh, you know, a truly amazing individual. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this work... Um, really it grounds you and you know, especially when you're really you know motivated I and mean, there's so many layers to it but you know getting back to the topic uh it um you know doing this for filming uh and you know connecting with people and, and having conversations i think it's all organic and it really gives young people which is one of the things that we one of the target groups that we're really trying to work towards is younger folks. I, since I've come along, just really young um, teenagers or whatever, and, um, you know, continue to work with, you know, folks who are in college and things like that. So, um, you know, but, you know, we don't have, you know, going back to, you know, the people who didn't really have those choices, you know, I was just having a conversation with somebody yesterday about, you know, how many food, grocery stores, whatever you want to call them, these corner stores are in these impoverished neighborhoods right. that are walking. Well, they're just, they're full of diabetes and um, cholesterol and all of this. And, you know, the door stays open for them because a lot of folks that go there, this is the closest thing they have to their house and they may not have transportation. So they're going to walk there and they're eating this stuff. that's not food. And, um, and you're continuously drinking all this sugar and everything and high fructose corn syrup. And, and, and the conversation that I was on, and sometimes I get to going on and on. So, you know, I'll tie things in, you know, I trust you. I'm here for the journey. Yep. So, um, the conversation I was having yesterday was around, a young kid that was like five or six that had already had like, you know, had these silver teeth and all these things oh, because, wow. you know, the family um, didn't know no better. And they were just feeding this kid just all these sugar and Capri yeah. Suns and all this stuff. And, you know, you're just doing all this. And, and if you're not taking care of that, um, that the, you're not, you know, we're having a bunch of malnourished 
children really out here. And so, you know, um, that's why I do the work that I do. And that's coming to work I do is just really just wanting to make sure that people understand where they're at, where they can be, and you know, know that it's a journey. It takes time and, you know, you can do it, but there's no all or all and all in or nothing either, you know, no right. judgment, you know. So we're doing stuff at the pop plant-based pop-up. It's a beautiful thing. Right now it's happening every Sunday in okay. May, in May, um at 720, 1729 Second Street. Um that's a beautiful place. Um, um in Minneapolis. Yeah. Yep, in Minneapolis. Um, the location might change, but that's the thing, you know, we're, we're working together to bring these options to the community and have people come to North Minneapolis and, you know, different places in Minneapolis to see that, you know, these are largely all pop-up, um, organizations Mm -hmm. that come together as a collective to do a Minneapolis pop-up and stuff. Have you been yet? No, I haven't. I live up the North Shore, like five hours away from Minneapolis. Do you? Oh, okay. So I get I get down there to visit people. I went to college there and then came back to my hometown for a while. So I get down there when I can, but it's not yeah. it's a drive to go for a, a pop up sure. event. For sure, for sure, I can tell. Yeah, that would definitely be a lot. So you mentioned the pop-up markets and then um, some film screenings, which one of the ones Laura mentioned in an email that I haven't looked into yet, the post-traumatic slave diet. Mm, Could you yeah. tell me a little bit more about that film? Yeah, that's a documentary. It must have been impactful if she mentioned it, you know, <laughs> was one yeah. of the ones she, she pulled out. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, it really ties into just what I was just speaking about as far as um, post-traumatic slave diet. Um, African-Americans traditionally in this um, you know, in America have been eating uh, what was left over mm. wraps and made that into, you know, something soulful, but all uh, the, the salt and the sodium and all of these different flavors, when you, you know, are getting the remaining the remainders of a pig and that's what you had to eat. You know, they turned that into they turned that into something. You know, I'm from I'm originally from Mississippi myself. And I have family members that, you know, still eat hog mogs, chitlins, and you know, these are all of these pig feet, like all this stuff is what was the first thing you said? Hog mogs. What is that? It's part of a pig that just isn't that's not good. (laughs) okay Okay, i'll take your word for it yeah 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 and um and you know they're you know eating all of these different type of foods that in 2021 why would you still be eating that right because it's traditionally passed down right so that tradition has been passed down and passed down from you know even from slavery so post-traumatic slave diet those are those foods that were created that gave us comfort that we had to find some way to Mm. find comfort in and that trauma 
because that's that's a you know trauma you know changes the you know the genet genetics of any individual over a course of generations and so um this documentary really went into you know that diet yeah why are we why as african-americans are we so still attached to that diet when we know what it is causing to the community how harmful it is to the community as we eat these things and you see it with the you know the diabetes the high blood pressure the heart stroke you know uh, heart attacks and, and strokes and I mean it's just so many things that are tied to it so um there's a play on post-traumatic um uh, PTSD which right. um, um escaping me the acronym post-traumatic um, stress disorder post-traumatic stress disorder and so Many, many of African-Americans of African descent come from a lineage of slavery. So post-traumatic slave diet. This is a, this is a, this is a health crisis. This is a issue that has to be addressed. And as we have folks who are getting older, um, you know, me, I'm getting older. Um, I have aunts and uncles and, and people that where there's like a change of guard. I kind of look at it in my own family. There's like, uh, you know, I have my aunts uh, and my cousins, and then I have my children. Um, so my aunts and all of them, my mom and all of them, they're getting older. They're, it's mm -hmm. time for them to kind of pass down the torch for traditions and things to me, my sister, my, my cousins and, you know, men and women. Now, do we pass down those same food um, diets, those, 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 those diets of eating, you know, these things that are high in cholesterol and all this. And, and when you have someone in their forties, I have people in my family who are in their forties who have heart problems already. Yeah. You know, that's, that's disheartening and it's and we know that it's you know you didn't get a pacemaker in your 40s just i mean that's Oof. a lot of the stuff is you know hereditary is attached in to what you're eating along with the hereditary so this documentary was really really pivotal it was at a great time um when we did the screening um just to really and in the title it's such a in your face mm -hmm. right you know, one thing about that is sometimes you have to do that to really catch people's attention. Totally. And, and one thing I learned and have noticed, too, with so many people is that people want to change. I mean, mm. it's hard. It's hard when you don't know how to change the one thing that you have to do every day. Yeah. Right. How do you approach that conversation talking to people who are saying, but this is a part of our tradition, mm -hmm. but I do want to change. Like, how do you honor that without dismissing it, but also saying, but we could do better. Like, how do you toe that line? One meal at a time. Mm. One meal at a time, you know, let's, instead of having, you know, some kind of animal product 
three meals a day or two meal, whatever it is, let's have one meal a day or one meal a week. Start with one meal a week. That isn't. Right. And let me show you a couple of places and a couple of things that you can eat. Um, I mean, I love, you know, for me, I love some of the things like that we're doing and I do, I love to cook. I do a couple of online cooking classes. That's another thing that I work with um, okay. doing some plant-based cooking demos and stuff, but you can still have a lot of these flavors without having, you know, um, a lot of the sodium and, and um, uh, animal products in it. You know, uh, one of the things I really like is the, um, cauliflower fried cauliflower wings yes yum those things are amazing that's that's a boneless chicken right mm-hmm. batter it give it the seasoning <laughs> give it some battery seasoning fry it we even frying it in some different kind of oils you know maybe some olive oil maybe some sunflower seed oil opposed to you know these other criscos and all these other things right that are high in saturated fat here you go now you have your boneless wings, you know, eating more leafy greens. We already, I love collard greens. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the things. So we can, we can balance that by saying, let's eat some of these other things and, you know, look at reducing the animal intake that we're using in our diets and, and no judgment. And, And again, no judgment. You, you are, you know, this, your body is your destiny, mm. right? Mm. And so, in all in all, you have to do, but I always just feel so enlightenment a little bit when I, you know, look at, I feel enlightenment for where I'm at, but I look at where children don't have a choice. Yeah. When we're bringing them into a food culture, you know, they eat, they have to eat what you you know what I'm saying what you making yeah <laughs> and so um you know so no judgment um you know finding creative ways mushrooms there's a I can't I'll never remember the name of this mushroom when I want to talk about it <laughs> there's so <laughs> many different kinds of uh, mushrooms but we fry those too um mm-hmm. batter them fry them I cannot remember which one it is um, but I love mushrooms and those are like chicken too. Mm-hmm. Or like seafood. Some of those mushrooms are kind of like seafood. Yeah. There's so many things. There's a lady, um, Kiko's kitchen. She does a pop-up every Tuesday. Okay. Um, she believes in the alkaline diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, she uses a lot of mushrooms. Um, I got young kids, um, that, don't like mushrooms and my kids <laughs> yeah you know my kids my i didn't either kids, yeah yeah it took actually i didn't like mushrooms until i was about i was um i was dating this lady and uh, and i never liked mushrooms i was about 18 19 i was just gonna say that was like almost 20 when i was yeah. like okay mushrooms don't suck <laughs> <laughs> right, right. and i was eating somewhere and it was like just try it just try it it was like some saute i was like man i've been in love with mushrooms ever since i was like this is not bad um but you know if i fry those up the kiddos don't even know that that's mushrooms right? <laughs> they don't even know that they're eating it you know what i mean so um 
but you know, those are other ways, but Kiko's kitchen is doing amazing work um, with bringing that to the community. Um, you know, she used a lot of those, Leave, I can never remember the name of that mushroom. You're um, gonna remember as soon as we get off this call. Oh, <laughs> I love the mushroom too. It's like it's not the shiitake, it's the ah, whatever. Anyways, she does a great um job of those. You can turn those into po' boy sandwiches, mm. you know. Um, you know, there's just so many different things you can do. And so when you add that flavor and you give that to people and you make it reasonable. Because that's the other thing people, you know, still believe that the food is very expensive. Mm. And so, you know, a lot of people eat what they feel they can afford. But um, we're meeting people where they're at, you know, meet them where they're at, show them that there's other ways to um, still have those flavors, seasoning without having that, that meat because... I know myself, I'm uh, very in tune with my gut. I've always been. And that's, you know, one of the things that I always knew for me. And I'm just, I don't know if this is going to be your question or not, but um, that eating the meat, and especially like chicken, which is one of the ones that people eat the most, I believe is one of those easier mm-hmm. chicken wings here, chicken wing there, ch- you know, right. chicken, 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 chicken. Um, I just always just felt like it just didn't feel right. And then, you know, we conform to what's happening around us, Absolutely. you know, you know, conformity and just, um, and even when I was in my twenties and stuff, I was just like, man, I remember getting mad with myself saying like, you got to stop eating chicken. Like, what are you, you, you eating it too much, man. Like, why are you eating this food like this? Like, it's just so accessible, you know, being somewhere, eating it or whatever. And I challenged myself to just cut back. Um, and then years later, um, watched a documentary. And then I went pescatarian. Okay. Um, and I was pescatarian for a lot of years, six, seven years. Um, and then... Um, and I have my, you know, for a lot of those years, I was really good. And as I got closer to the end of those years, I was doing what I wanted to do. Kind of went back into not full-fledged, but just some of those old habits. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing with, you know, any of this lifestyle. And this is like, look, nobody's going to judge you for what you do or don't do. Um, you know, title is a title, you know you're you're looking to be healthier and be healthier in yourself and when i uh had the chance to find out about caa it was pre-pandemic i mean literally like weeks before Mm. pandemic started and i thought this is really cool you know i'm already in this path you know um and i don't think i ever thought you know, that I could not, I felt like, okay, if I get this opportunity, then I need to go all the way in, you know what I mean? And it's meant for me to go all the way in and, and look at what the world is going through with all of this health, um, you know, health issues. I think I, I don't think I could do wrong. 
Um, I already knew what dairy was doing to me. You know, that was another thing. Dairy, like ice cream was my thing, and cheese pizza and all of this stuff. And, um, you know, when I was able to get away from it and have a support and know that there was people out there, um, man, it was, it was amazing. I, I felt great, felt empowered. And I think I just came in too at a time where a lot of options are there too. So. Yeah, um, that's, that's very true. Did you, I feel like you are such a beautiful example of coming from this place of understanding for other people's journeys mm-hmm. and where everybody is at. Is that just like a character trait or did you kind of have to cultivate that? Because I know for myself in the beginning of being vegan, I was, I had that moment where I'm like, I feel like my whole life has been a lie. I can't believe I didn't know about all of these injustices with food and agriculture and everything else. And then I became really judgy of other people that weren't listening to me. Like, how are you not vegan yet? And I know now that that came from such a place of privilege, you know, like I'm this white girl, like, why aren't you vegan? (laughs) And that's not helpful. So I really had to examine that. Um, Is that just like part of your character or did you kind of have to go through that a little bit too? Yeah, well, you know, I was doing some work in transformational coaching, working with, uh, when I went pescatarian, um, after watching, I can't even remember what the documentary was. It might've been what the health or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, you know, cut out all that. And I felt like I couldn't, you know, cut out the fish with my, I was like, I, I just, and even when I ate seafood, it was very sparingly. It wasn't like every day or anything, maybe not even always once a week or anything, but, um, it was like, I, I just held on to that. But um, I was currently at that time working as a you know life coach, working for men coming out of prison. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, helping men transform their lives, uh, get housing, get employment, um, you know, learn life skills and build relations with their families and, you know, you know learn how to you know, cope with the trauma that they uh, were dealing with. And I do recall being, um, and this was an organization that was uh, primarily uh, leadership was in people of color. So it was like, mm. we it was one of those microcosms of uh, nonprofits that you don't really see where yeah. you have a lot of the, you know, the leadership is uh, men and people of color and um so there was a lot of chicken and stuff that was being cooked and ate and things of that nature and by no means when i say that i think a lot of people eat chicken it ain't just black people you know a lot of people totally that was what i i've survived off of chicken tenders for way too long (laughs) right right but i would find myself at those um you know, work meetings or luncheons and I'm bringing my stuff and I'm like, and I'm like looking at the guys and I'm just saying like, look, man, I don't know. Like, do you even see, like, do you, in my mind, I was thinking to them or what I was trying to project to them was like, look, where do you, how do they sustain in this? Yeah. So, you know, that was my approach to people like, 
and nobody could relate. I'm like, how do they can sustain to have this many chickens being everywhere? All these mm-hmm. restaurants, all these cities. The math all doesn't these, add up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just like, how do you, I don't care how many chickens is being hatched to. It's something that make no sense. It's too many restaurants, <laughs> it's too many cities, it's too many yes. grocery stores, it's too much like brother, you don't probably want to be eating that. I don't think you want to be doing that. And so that was my playful kind of uh, approach to it with people. And they would be like, man, what do you mean? You know, whatever I'm, I'm going to do, you know? And so, um, so I, and that was the thing I was at alone. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I was alone. I was doing that as a conscious. I made that conscious decision to say, I'm doing this. I didn't have any, I didn't know any other. There was no one other person, you know, besides my partners, you know, um, that was close to me that was really even taking this journey. Right. With me. So I did that for years and years. And so, um, so it wasn't really one of those conversations that had to come up much until um we were at a place of dining or whatever may be the case you know but so i you know to answer your question like i i would have those conversations it would be playful in that way but it would be stemmed in trying to make somebody kind of think um a little bit about what they're doing but i didn't have you know the numbers or the things to back it up but um i just felt like there was something that i needed to do and I wasn't really aware of trying to help other people outside of their transformation of their, you know, their trauma and the things that they were going through and not real. And that was, that was, that was really, really part of my growth, you know, um, with the pandemic and with the opportunity like this and finding a community like this is like an understanding Cause I'm a, I'm a person of belief that, you know, I have to continuously be learning. Um, yes. I have to be continuously learning something and learning from something or I get that clueless feeling that we talked about earlier. Yes, right. I relate, learning, I relate. learning. Yeah. Learning and, uh, and from anything or whatever, just helps me find that consciousness. But so I was a, I was clueless on the point of how do you even or why is there even a point to even trying to help someone transition or transform their lives and how do you even do that? Which right. is what I've learned here working with CAA. You know, there is ways to do it. The things that we're doing, um, the the screenings, the movie screenings, the the, the plant based cooking shows, um, you know working with kids then and the people let alone just kids to bring them um awareness of what's happening going to sanctuary uh, farm sanctuary tours mm. um you know um you know talking about what's really happening with you know the foods that you're eating and, and, the, and the dairy and the animals and things of that nature so that's what has been very opening, eye-opening for me and understanding all that is intersectionality, the intersectionalities of all that, you know, your health, your mental, your mental state, 
um, your physical state, like right. these things are all tied in to what you're putting into your body, and, you know? And in terms of intersectionality, <laughs> saying that word sparked another question I had for you is I find it really interesting to talk to men who have become vegan and possible pushback or like that intersectionality because the stereotypes of masculinity and then on top of that being a man of color and where all those pieces came into did you ever struggle with that or have any like shit thrown at you because of that right. or anything like that yeah you know I, I really have I've my whole life I've been the one person not one but one of the persons that I never liked bullies mm. and I never stood up I never allowed anybody to bully anybody around me uh, so um, I personally don't feel I've had anybody come to me in any kind of way that's like they know not to I mean I don't know I don't like to say it in that way I just feel like I don't, I've never really had and I have and so this actually connected me to a converse well connected me to the one thing I was thinking about was a friend that I actually made a friend um, that's somebody that I knew of, but didn't have a personal relationship with, which is Carnage the Executioner, um, who's a plant-based uh, artist. Okay. Um, he does, he's like a human beatbox, but he does this live show where he creates all the instruments using his mouth, records them with this contraption, creates the beat, and then he'll rap over it live. What? Yes. People are so talented. Yeah, yeah. And so when coming in contact and working with CAA, I thought about him because I, I knew he had mentioned that he was, you know, plant-based. And me and him hit it off. Um, we've done some um, events and things together. He's come and worked with Cookie Card, which is a good partner or a strong partner with CAA and has done, you know, amazing work. But um, I know talking with him, he's talked about some of the things that people say, but he's got like 15,000 followers on social media and all these other things. And so. Well, that's think, another interesting intersection, right? Like the, the rap world. Yeah. But Dude. that's the thing. That's one of the things. So he's got all these followers and then he, has told me about his conversations with people. You know, I don't get into the thing online with nobody. I'm not going to go back and forth with you about nothing. You know, I'm going to say <laughs> something and be done with it. And that's it, you know, yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. mentioned it before how he's got flack. And so I do know somebody that has got some flack and, um, and you can get wrapped up in that. And I'm just, for me, um, arguing with two people arguing from a distance I mean, two people arguing um, and from a distance and someone's watching on, who knows who's the fool? No one knows right. who's the fool. <laughs> you know what I mean? So who I'm knows not gonna, who's I'm, the fool? <laughs> I'm not going to be arguing with you to be mistakenly for the fool. So, um, but I, I love what you're saying there, you know, the rap world, fashion, all that stuff. My thing is, as I'm more in the life, is like, let's make it cool. Yeah. Let's make it cool. It is cool. It is cool to say, I'm not eating that. And I don't want that. And I'm proud to say that I don't I don't yeah. want that in my life. That's not 
what I'm about or not about that that uh that pain. And and the thing is, it's just too it's always been, and this is governmental and uh societal and you know um conditioning um that you don't have to think about what has happened to the food that gets on your plate. You know, when you're in a restaurant or you're at the grocery store or whatever it is, you don't have to really think about that. That's why these films that really, these documentaries and things that kind of come out really can help people kind of understand and, you you know, help some people for a little bit. But, you know, it, I think it takes time. Um, everything takes time for people. Um, and everybody's journey is different. So um, if you're willing to take one step, then we'll take one step with you. And, and, and that's just really what we, we have to do if we want to reach certain communities that have well, been. Well, that way it, it feels like you're, this, this phrase I've seen a lot lately and it's, it's really resonated with me, calling people in versus calling people out. And I yeah, think that I like that's that. something I have to think about a lot is, you know, how, how do you call people in instead of putting people right on the defense? Mm-hmm. You know, who, who wants to come and learn when you are first put on the defense? Not me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So like, how do you, how do you just say like, yeah, that's, that's not my jam. And if you want to know about it, I'll tell you, but I'm not going to force you. Like that's a practice I had to cultivate. Yeah, and that that comes from, you know, you know, working in the field that I've been working in for years, which is I've always been a really good listener. Mm. A lot of people hear, but they don't really, they're not really listening. Right. And that's why um I can talk to people and, you know, kind of meet them where they're at and, you know. Let them know. I understand, you know, there's some yeah. things going on and you really might want something. But um, from my work, you never get anywhere with attacking somebody right away. Right. You're not. And if you make anyone feel stupid or that they like, you don't know this. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are they, who's the first thing they're going to be like? It's not, I don't want even. I'm not even trying to hear you. you. You're cutting off your opportunities. And the thing I learned is so many people want to try other things. They want to try this. So many people are stuck in a routine. I was in it. You're stuck in this yes. routine of going and buying the same thing from the grocery yes. store every week. Got to get this in the turkey. Got to get the beef. Got to get the fish. Yep. Got to get this. You don't even know what you're going to make with none of those things. You know, yes. you just like, you just got to get it because that's what you know to get. And that's what you got to have. And then you'll figure out what meals you're going to make from those things, because these are the, the meats that you got to have. No, you don't. You don't. And, you know, if you don't know how to prepare some of these meals or where to get them when you want them or how to take some of these meals and things that people these places that um, have food and, you know, delete one of the or two or three items and, and it's perfectly still good. And, and now you don't have some of these other issues. Um, 
intestinal, you know, with your intestines and your, your gut and all of the things that come along for me. And I know there's a lot of people got to be going through this. I know it wasn't just me. I know Absolutely. It, you know, it's it takes so much time for your body to break down all these these meats, these yeah. animal products, I should say. Yeah. It takes your body is overworking to break these down every day. You're not even giving it a rest. You know what I mean? Mm. Your body is just constantly, it takes beef, what, three, four days to break down? Yeah. It's, it's literally rotting in your, in your intestines. Oh, that's nasty. It's very nasty, right? You know what I mean? And I, I, that's what I try to tell people. And then you just got to pay attention to what they, you know, when you do get sick and all these things, they say, Stop eating the red meat. Stop eating this. It wasn't supposed to be eating it. Yes. Yes. You know? Absolutely. You know, but it's, you know, it's really, that's why cooking classes are really good. Things that show people how simple to make certain dishes, places where you can get them at, you know. Uh, I find myself wanting to eat late and, you know, different things. And I don't, you know, I can't. I love that there's a lot more options in Minneapolis. Totally. Um, I'm a foodie at heart. I love food. I love to eat stuff, but I have to be careful too with some of these alternatives and things of that nature because those ain't also the best for you either. Those are great transitional um, foods, yes. which was really funny because I was talking with Laura and, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's all these people, you know, grocery stores and, you know, we went just a year ago, um, low items and all these different things. And I found myself in a transitional space of eating different things that um, I hadn't ate because I just wasn't eating them anymore, like hot dogs or whatever, because right. now they got, um, I don't know if we would call them plant-based, but whatever. They're not they're not actual <laughs> animals or whatever, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I found myself eating stuff like that and eating things like that. And it was just like, wait a minute, you you gotta calm that down too a little bit because you wasn't eating it before because you wasn't eating that brand. <laughs> and now that it's available, you just there's just so many It's so easy. Uh, yeah, and there's so many memories tied to our food. Mm. Yes, along you know, with the tradition that goes with that tradition piece. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So how do you, when a person is bombarded with marketing, <laughs> you can't turn the TV on without McDonald's commercials, mm. uh, Chick-fil-A, Burger King. You know, my goal is, you know, my passion and my heart is this is that, you know, to push and keep pushing that, you know, we have a balance, you know, we need to be having some plant-based commercials too. Um, yes. We need to have other things because, you know, that's overwhelmingly what's out there. Um, and those commercials are running for a reason um, because those imagery, that imagery is tied to some emotions for you and mm. then you want to go and go get it. You remember that that taste remember that feeling you know so that's so true that's so true creating new pathways exactly exactly new pathways 
new foods, um, being open to new, you know, communities and, you know, engagements and things that are happening. And, you know, that's what's really going to help people slowly but surely. I mean, African-Americans are one of the fastest growing vegan demographics right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so that's, that's, uh, that's definitely a powerful, powerful thing. And a lot of it is a lot of that good food that they're, you know, promoting <laughs> all over it and, you know, being really creative with it. But um, the power, the point is that they're, you know, taking back their power and understanding that, you know, this is what they want and they're, flamboyant and happy and boisterous about sharing that with people and as i mentioned before i was in my own space and on my own now i'm here and i'm on this platform and I'm talking to you and I'm talking to other people and i'm out here and i'm online and i'm everything and i'm and i'm saying hey you know it's 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 never too late it's a good time for you um learn yourself learn your body and understand it you know, this, this system and this cycle of abuse and cruelty for animals doesn't have to transfer to you, which really what it is when you're eating it, you know, it's, it's not good. No, it's not. It's not good at all. We got to overthrow the system. (laughs) You know, seriously. And the more people are aware, the more that they can, you know, make those choices and gradually get to a place where they're, you know, they look at it the way I do. Even now I look at some seafood. I'm just like, I can't believe I was still even eating that. Yeah. Yeah. I've had those moments where I'm like, wow, that was the thing that hung me up for a year. Right. Interesting. Right. Okay. Right. 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 It seems like, wild now. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's a journey. It's a, takes time Uh, can't make anybody feel bad about what their decisions is it's the first thing you know i ain't giving this up i ain't doing this i said the same thing i don't think i could i don't why would i whatever um but inherently down deep down i always knew that meat wasn't really what i needed to be Um, i think a lot of people know deep down that they should change Mm mm-hmm a lot of things. Yeah. You know, I think we have, I think we have this deep sense of knowing that's so far beyond our external projections, but we just quiet it because mm-hmm. it's scary. Right. Right. And it's a commitment. It's like, it feels like it's something that you've really got to fully commit to all the way right away and go all the way in. And it's like transformation hurts. Mm. You know, and transformation hurts is not going to be um, all peachy and everything, you know, you, yeah. you have to take those steps. You might stumble, you might hurt, you might lose people, um, but you got to go back and work those muscles and, and, and all that so that it becomes part of your routine. Once we get a routine, it's hard. We're, we're, a lot of us are, you know, creatures of habit and 
we kind of go to the same places, right? do some of the same things. And the more you can open yourself up to new things, the better you're going to be. Absolutely. Well, I so enjoyed talking to you. I hope we continue to connect in the future. Absolutely. Um, you are a very special human. Thank, Thank you, you for Thank the you work well. you're doing. I appreciate it. Um, uh, Thank you so much as well. And I look forward to speaking with you again and um, let's do what we can do to continue this fight. Absolutely. Is there anything you feel like you want to share that I didn't give you space to or any last minute thoughts? And also, how can people get a hold of you? Because I know people are going to want to connect with you after this. Absolutely. Um, you can get a hold of me at um, the email would be T-A-M-U-N-O at exploreveg.org. You can use it there. Um, you can uh, definitely meet me on, on Facebook, uh, Explore Veg Program. I manage that. Um, you can go to exploreveg.org and sign up for some of the cooking classes, uh, some of the Farm Sanctuary Tours, we have They're Trying to Kill Us screening coming up Juneteenth. I think it'll be June 19th. Mm -hmm. um, that's another one of those um, along the lines of uh, post-traumatic slave diet, Invisible Vegan. I'm really um, excited really, to see that film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Me too. And um, Open Streets, we'll be doing something with Open Streets on July 11th, the Franklin neighborhood. Um, but yeah, those are some of the, uh, you know, some of the places that you can really, you know, reach me and tune in and check in on what some of the things that we have coming up. Awesome. And I can put all of that in the show notes so everyone can get a hold of you really easily. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. If you want to help me get this into the ears of more listeners, send it to a friend, text it to a family member, share in social media. Whatever you can do really helps me out. Another way to help grow this podcast is to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, and I will read it on air as the review of the week in the future. If you haven't yet, head over to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and see the amazing community that's growing over there. And finally, if you haven't, head to consciouslycarly.com and look for the new self-love reset course. Until next time.